Chapter Seven through Nine of the Tale of Master Meadow Mouse. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Tale of Master Meadow Mouse by Arthur Scott Bailey. Chapter Seven: Nothing but Air. Old Mr. Crow didn't say a single word when Master Meadow Mouse met him face to face in the meadow. But a wicked glitter in Mr. Crow's eyes warned Master Meadow Mouse that there was trouble ahead for him. If the hole leading to his house hadn't been close at hand, there's no telling what would have happened to him. Anyhow, just as Mr. Crow lunged at him, with a wild flapping of his broad wings, Master Meadow Mouse slipped to one side and whisked through his doorway. Old Mr. Crow coughed hoarsely. "'What's your hurry?' he cried. I've been waiting around here for you for a long while. Can't you spend a few minutes of your valuable time with me? Now it was true that the old gentleman had been lingering in the neighborhood. The corn wasn't quite ripe enough to suit him, so he had decided to go a mousing that morning. His way of hunting, however, was not like that of the other birds. Mr. Crow chose to do his hunting afoot. He was too wise to waste any effort looking for mice when the grass was high, but after haying he had often gone a mousing in years past, and he had found the sport to be quite worth while. Stalking about the close-cropped meadow, he had surprised many distant cousins of Master Meadow Mouse, who never returned home to tell the story of their meetings with the black scamp. Maybe Mr. Crow was getting slow in his old age. He had never come so near to catching a meadow mouse before, only to be disappointed. It was no wonder that he felt peevish. At first, Master Meadow Mouse did not answer Mr. Crow when the old gentleman called down the tunnel that led to the nest beneath the sod. But soon Master Meadow Mouse remembered that Mr. Crow could get no more than his bill inside the hole, and then Master Meadow Mouse found his voice again. I don't want to go above ground, he said. Can't you talk to me where I am? It's not easy to do that, Mr. Crow grumbled. I have to speak too loud, and my voice is hoarse today. Stick your bill into my tunnel as far as it will go, Master Meadow Mouse suggested. Then you won't have to shout. I could hear a whisper if you do as I say. Old Mr. Crow thrust his bill down the hole. I don't like this, he croaked. I can't see you. That's because you're shutting out all the light, Master Meadow Mouse explained. I doubt it, said Mr. Crow angrily. I believe you've drawn a curtain across the other end of this tunnel, and I can't talk to anybody through a curtain. I refuse to injure my voice trying to talk with anybody that won't give me a more friendly welcome when I call on him. Talk away, Master Meadow Mouse urged his caller. There's nothing between us to keep me from hearing you. "'Nothing but a foot of air.' "'Ah!' Mr. Crow cried. "'I knew you had something in that tunnel. "'Remove the air at once, sir, or I'll go away and leave you.' "'If his bill wasn't so hard, "'if it was as soft as the kitten's nose, "'I'd bite it,' Master Meadow Mouse thought. "'And while he was thinking, all at once, "'a shaft of light trickled inside his house. "'Old Mr. Crow had gone grumbling on his way.' Chapter 8. Moses Mouse Master Meadow Mouse felt ill at ease. 
Now that the grass had been cut from the meadow, he began to think he didn't care to live there any longer. After this adventure with old Mr. Crow, Master Meadow Mouse scarcely dared stray from his dooryard in the daytime. Anybody, almost, could see him as he crept through the stubble. At night he ventured further from home, and once he went even as far as the farmyard. To his surprise, he found that the grass in Farmer Green's yard was longer than he had ever seen it. Earlier in the summer, when Master Meadow Mouse visited that spot, he had been afraid to cross the lawn, because it was clipped so short. But now he could creep through the thick green carpet, and nobody could see him, unless a waving grass blade happened to catch somebody's eye. Everybody at the farmhouse had been too busy with haying to spend any time running a lawnmower. Why not move to the farmyard? The thought came into Master Meadow Mouse's head. It seemed to him that the farmyard would be a fine place to live. There was grain scattered here and there, where somebody had fed the hens. There was the duck pond nearby, when he wanted a swim. "'I'll come,' Master Meadow Mouse decided. "'I'll come, if I can find a good place for a nest.' Thereupon he began to look about for a site for his new home and it wasn't long before he found one that suited him. When he saw the woodpile, he squeaked with delight. "'The very place!' he cried. "'I'll begin to build my nest to-night.' So he set to work. He carried dead leaves and dried grass to the woodpile, and started to make a snug home for himself in a space between the logs, well inside the heap of wood. And he had just crept from a chink, and stood under the stars, when a tiny voice greeted him with a cry. "'What ho, stranger!' Master Meadow Mouse looked around, and there on a stick of wood just behind him was a plump gray person. The newcomer looked the least bit like Master Meadow Mouse himself, except that his tail was ever so much longer. "'I'm Moses Mouse, and I live in the farmhouse,' said the gray gentleman. "'I'm Master Meadow Mouse, and I'm going to live in this woodpile,' said the reddish-brown chap in reply. "'That's good news!' "'Moses Mouse remarked. "'But you must look out for Miss Snooper,' he added. "'Who is she?' Master Meadow Mouse asked his new friend. "'Miss Snooper,' Moses Mouse explained. "'Miss Snooper is our name for Miss Kitty Cat. "'She lives in the farmhouse, and when she isn't indoors, "'she's usually prowling about the yard.' "'To the great astonishment of Moses Mouse, "'the short-tailed stranger seemed in no wise startled by his news.' "'Huh!' Master Meadow Mouse exclaimed. "'If this Miss Snooper, as you call her, bothers me, "'I'll serve her up as I did one of her kittens.' "'What did you do with the kitten?' Moses Mouse inquired with great interest. "'I bit her nose,' said Master Meadow Mouse. Moses Mouse gazed at him with horror. "'Don't try that on the old lady,' he cried. "'If you do, you'll be sorry.' CHAPTER Nine. Miss Snooper. Moses Mouse, who lived in the farmhouse, had warned Master Meadow Mouse. He had warned him to look out for Miss Snooper's nose. Master Meadow Mouse did not pay any great attention to his new friend's advice. He was building himself a new home in Farmer Green's woodpile, and he went about his work as if there wasn't a cat within a hundred miles. Then one day he caught a glimpse of Miss Snooper. He peeped out from a chink in the woodpile, and saw her sitting on a stick of wood. 
She was so near him that Master Meadow Mouse could have leaped upon her back in one spring. But he didn't do that. He gazed at her with round eyes, for Miss Snooper looked very fierce, especially when she opened her mouth and showed her sharp teeth as she yawned. Master Meadow Mouse saw that she was a quite different creature from the awkward kitten whom he had bitten on the nose earlier in the summer. Goodness, thought Master Meadow Mouse, staring at Miss Snooper with great awe. Goodness, her whiskers are longer than mine. And then he drew back very softly and crept to his nest in the woodpile. That night Moses Mouse came to make another call, and he brought his wife with him so that she might see the stranger with a short tail who was going to live in Farmer Green's woodpile. I saw Miss Snooper today, Master Meadow Mouse told them. Did you bite her nose? Mrs. Mouse asked him eagerly for her husband had told her all about the newcomer. No, said Master Meta Mouse. No, I was too busy building my new home to stop and bite her. Isn't he brave? whispered Mrs. Moses Mouse to her husband. From where they sat on the top of the woodpile, Master Meta Mouse and his callers caught sight of a dark shape that moved stealthily towards them through the shadows. It's Miss Snooper herself, Mrs. Mouse cried and quick as a wink she dived down among the sticks of wood, with her husband following close behind her. "'Probably Master Meadow Mouse will bite Miss Snooper's nose this time,' she said to Moses, when she had reached a safe retreat. "'He isn't biting it now,' Moses Mouse replied, "'because he's crowding right behind me.' "'Miss Snooper has come,' Mrs. Mouse said to Master Meadow Mouse. "'Maybe you didn't understand that it was she.' "'Let her come.' Master Meadow Mouse squeaked. "'Isn't he brave?' Mrs. Moses Mouse murmured. "'I'll bite her nose if she sticks it into this crevice,' Master Mouse declared. "'Isn't he brave?' she breathed into her husband's ear. "'I'm not so sure of that,' said Moses Mouse in an undertone. "'He talks a good deal about nose-biting. I should like to see him do it. I see Miss Snooper was skulking around the yard to-night.' That's why I came to call on this chap. I wanted to see whether he'd fight or run. Meanwhile, Miss Snooper climbed all over the woodpile. She could hear faint squeaks somewhere, and she was almost frantic because she couldn't squirm under the wood and find whoever was talking. It was almost morning before Moses Mouse and his wife dared to steal back to the farmhouse. When they left the woodpile, Master Meadow Mouse left it too. He had decided, during the night, that he wouldn't live in the farmyard. "'I've become very tired of this old cat,' he told his companions, Mr. and Mrs. Moses Mouse. "'I shouldn't care to stay where I had to see her often.'" End of chapter 7 through 9